Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour, bonjour, happy day, happy, happy day, (laughs) wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I send you love and light. My name is Jennifer Hadley, we are talking about A Course in Miracles, and it is my joy and pleasure to join with you transcending time and space to remember the truth that sets us free. So let's place our hands on our hearts. Take that deep breath of gratitude and open ourselves to an awareness of love's presence as our very life and being. We are grateful to consciously partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self. We are grateful to allow ourselves to fully recognize and remember that we are already as holy as holy can be. We cannot become any more holy than we already are. So we're celebrating our holiness knowing it blesses the world. We are grateful to come together to relinquish any attachments we have to playing small, to living in lack and limitation. We are giving up the habits and patterns of worry, doubt, and fear. We're standing on the rock of truth. We are spreading compassion, patience, kindness. We are choosing to be generous from our heart patiently, lovingly generous with ourselves, with our brothers and sisters, sharing the benefits of our life of love with everyone because we're one with them. So grateful to let it be. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 Hmm. Thank you. I love to pray. All right. So this week, what I have been inspired for us to look at is one of my favorite workbook lessons. And it's a favorite because it's been so helpful to me. It's been such a game changer for me. I've mentioned it many times, but let's dive in deep and look at it. I do not know what anything is for. Lesson 25 in the workbook begins with purpose is meaning. Purpose is meaning. I do not know what anything is for. I don't know what the meaning is of things. Why don't I know what anything is for? Because I am not so interested in the truth I am looking at things through the lens of the past. So I am ascribing meaning to things, not understanding what they're for. I'm giving meaning to things based on my history, 
based on the perceptions, projections, and decisions that I've made about myself, about life, about everything. And so everything that I'm seeing, I'm interpreting through the lens of my beliefs. None of my beliefs are true. Therefore, how could I know what anything is for? The first group of lessons in the workbook is all about, I've given everything on this street, in this room, in this body, in my life, everything and everyone, all the meaning that it has for me. Therefore, I don't know what anything is for. Now he continues on here. Today's idea explains why nothing you see means anything. You do not know what it is for. Therefore, it is meaningless to you. Everything, here's what everything is for. He's going to tell us now. Everything is for your own best interests. Everything is for your own best interests. Now, this is a thought that he echoes again and again and again. And one of the places where he echoes it that I so appreciate is in the Manual for Teachers, Chapter 4, in the the section in the beginning... So chapter four of the manual for teachers is the, what are the characteristics of God's teachers? And the first one is trust. And then he has a section there called the development of trust. So we understand what, where we are in life. And one of the things he talks about is that there are going to be changes probably a lot of changes, and these changes are always helpful to us. And then in um, the next paragraph in that section, Development of Trust, he talks about, this is the sentence here that to me is so, so pivotal in my life, in my Embodying A Course of Miracles, in walking this talk, he says here, and this is the Manual for Teachers, Chapter 4, Introduction, Section A, Paragraph 4, Sentence 5. It takes great learning to understand that all things, events, encounters, and circumstances are helpful. All things, events, encounters, and circumstances are helpful. So, in other words, everything that occurs in our life is helpful. Everything that occurs in our life is helpful, but it takes great learning to realize this. Now, back to lesson 25, sentence 5 in this first paragraph. 
Everything is for your own best interests. Everything. That doesn't mean everyone is well-intentioned. That doesn't mean that everything that happens is happy-making. It doesn't mean that all thoughts are helpful. No, it does not. Because many thoughts, most thoughts, are not helpful. But everything is for our own best interests. Every experience, every situation, every circumstance. So even if we are in the muck and mire of negative thinking, false beliefs, disparaging thoughts, hopelessness and despair, we will be led guided, directed, and brought to situations and circumstances that will be for our own best interests. So I don't know what anything is for, but it's for my own best interests. Now, what I've been sharing for many years here in this podcast is I would say to myself, I don't know what everything is for, but it's for my good. I don't know what everything is for, but it's for my good. God uses everything for good. Everything works together for good, and there are no exceptions except in the opinion of the ego. Everything is for my own best interests. Jesus goes on here, he says, that is what it is for. Everything is for your own best interests. That is what it is for. That is its purpose. That is what it means. It is in recognizing this that your goals become unified. Think of it. If everything is for your good, everything is for your best interests, There's a unification there of everything. It is in recognizing this that what you see is given meaning. If we're willing to stop looking at things and thinking they're bad, thinking they're wrong, thinking they're not helpful and not for our good, and instead move into, I don't know what everything is for. I don't know what anything is for. However, it's for my good. It has to be for my good. It has to be for my own best interests. We are going to be in this unity of thought aligned with the divine. This is going to help us give up the belief in separation, which is the cause of suffering. So the belief in separation gives rise to the guilt that causes the suffering. So this is what gives everything meaning. Everything is for our good. Everything is for our best interests. That is all, that's the meaning. So when we look at things and we say it's not good, it's not for my own best interests, 
then we're giving it a different meaning, but we don't know what anything is for, except that it's for our good. So if we're saying it's not for our good, we're not in alignment with truth. We're in alignment with something that's false, a false belief, false idea. And then we're going to suffer because we're going to start trying to make other people and other things align with our false idea. So we start interpreting things through the lens of that false idea, trying to make things agree. And we just go further and further and further down that rabbit hole of falsehood. So that's why this lesson, if you work this lesson, and I... I really think if you just pick any lesson and you work it all day, every day, pick a lesson you like, pick a lesson you inspire, that inspires you, and just work it all day, every day. That's what I did with Love Holds No Grievances. And when I, lesson uh, 68, and when things would, when the fit would hit the shan, and I would get freaked out or upset or bothered or angry or hurt by something, I could go to this lesson, number 25, I do not know what anything is for, and recover my right-mindedness by telling myself, hey, I'm upset because I think I know that this is for a purpose to hurt me. I, I think I'm, I, I'm upset because I think life is against me. I'm upset because I'm thinking thoughts that aren't true. Being upset is optional. I don't have to be upset. I don't have to interpret things this way. This is a choice that I'm making. This is a choice that I'm making. Why am I making a choice that upsets me, that bothers me? Well, I think there's a few answers to that. And one of them is because when I'm upset and bothered, I feel more alive. When I'm upset and bothered, I can blame other people. I can punish them with my upset. When I'm upset and bothered, I can temporarily shift focus from my own deep sense of shame and lack and limitation and unworthiness and project it out onto somebody else, something else. And for a brief period, I can just look away from my own self-hatred. And project it onto someone else. Going to I do not know what anything is for. It brings my mind into a neutral space. And in that neutral space. I can actually become interested in the truth. That sets me free. This has been a profoundly deep. And easy. Way for me to work my spiritual practice. Going on in this lesson, paragraph two, he says, you perceive the world and everything in it as meaningful 
in terms of ego goals. So let's, let's just pause there for a moment. You perceive the world and everything in it meaningful in terms of ego goals. So looking at it in terms of, well, how does this help my career? How does this help me lose 10 pounds? How does this help me increase my bank account? How does this help me look good in front of Johnny and Martha? How does this help me to further my creative artistic goals? Right, So we perceive the world and everything in it as meaningful in terms of ego goals. I, um, I, I partic- I'm going to just share about social media because this is one of the things that popped into my mind. I have found when, when Facebook first started, whenever that was, and I first got on it so long ago, I thought, this is cool, but for me, just for me, I'm not saying what anybody else uh, should or shouldn't do. I have no interest in shooting on people. But for me, I lost interest in it very quickly. I still post there and share things there, but I, I, I feel like so much of Facebook that is shown to me is all about looking good and thinking that if I do these ego things, I will feel good, I will look good, and if I look good, I will feel good. And all of that, I, I'd like to turn away from that kind of thinking. I, I, the, the spiritual person, who's showing off how good they look in a bikini. Now, to me, it's a, there are two different things. Uh, if someone feels great, I feel great that I am comfortable in this bikini. I like this beautiful bikini. It's really fun to wear. I enjoy it. I, that's a lovely thing. But if I'm putting out there, look at me, I am meeting some cultural ideal by the way I look in this bikini. Give me kudos. Give me approval. Notice me. I'm special. If that's what's going on with the bikini picture, then only suffering is going to becoming that person's way because they're entertaining these false idols. So that's not something I'd like to participate in. Uh, and I, I, I can imagine somebody might say, well, that's because you don't think you look good in a bikini. And I, hey, that, that is true. That is true. I don't feel I look good in a bikini. And, uh, but I also don't feel like if I wore a bikini, which I don't have one, <laughs> but if I did, 
uh, I could certainly find one that I would feel good in. I could. I, for sure I could, but I don't have one. But um, would I feel like I looked really hot and sexy in it? Well, that might be a little doubtful. So energizing all of that identification with the body, idolatry of the body. I am not interested in that. At the same time, I will readily confess, I am interested in being healthy and fit. And I like to look as good as I can without going to extreme lengths. I'm not interested in having some kind of surgery, not at this point anyway. I, who knows? You never know what uh, you might feel guided to do, but I doubt I'll feel guided to do that. I don't dye my hair. Um, I just let it go. I don't pay much attention to my hair. It goes down, it goes up, it goes down, it goes up all day long. I wash it a couple times a week. I run my fingers through it. I'm blessed. I I don't need to curl it or do any of those things in order to feel like it's good enough for me. <laughs> so, um thinking about I do not know what anything is for. The false identification makes you incapable of understanding what anything is for. So that this is one of the things that he's saying here. The false identification with the ego, essentially, uh, with the body, makes you incapable of understanding what anything is for. So what I used to say all the time, now I say it sometimes, uh, but I used to say it all day, every day. I don't know what anything is for, but I'd like to. And... I don't know what everything anything is for, but it's for my good. Those two statements. I don't know what anything is for, it's for my good, and I'd like to understand it. I'd like to. I don't need to. I can have trust and faith even if I don't understand what things are for. But I get that false identification makes me incapable of understanding what anything is for. Because of the lens I'm looking through in order to see life, how could I understand what anything is for when there's this veil over my view? So I'm interested in the truth. I'm interested in knowing what things are for. And I affirm that again and again and again, at least I used to do it all day long. Now I don't find that it's necessary to do it all day long. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I have truly found this lesson to be a help to me. I am so grateful for these teachings of A Course in Miracles that I've been able to use them to transform my life. And one of the things that I did back in 2008 is I started my Finding Freedom from Fear spiritual boot camp program 
based on A Course in Miracles teachings, these core principles, and the ways that I have used them to transform my life. And we're still going strong with my Finding Freedom from Fear boot camp. I'm inviting you to consider taking it. I don't do it all the time, but I am doing it again. October 10th is when we start. And this is a powerful way for you to work these principles in a short period of time and get some real traction, really make a difference in your life, really do some deep transformational work. So if you have issues with relationships, if you have issues with your finances, if you have issues with your creativity, with your self-esteem, your self-love, your self-worth, if you have issues like these where you have anxiety and worry and doubt and fear, then that's what my Finding Freedom from Fear Spiritual Boot Camp is designed to address. We have a lot of fun together. We have uh, great emotional connections and spiritual connections. It's like-minded souls coming together to work these principles in powerful ways. If that sounds like something you're interested in, check out Finding Freedom at jenniferhadley.com. Book an exploratory call with one of the spiritual counselors, and they can answer any of your questions. Those exploratory calls are completely free, our gift to you. So check it out, jenniferhadley.com. It is time for me to take a break. We're going to take a short break here and then come back and talk some more about Lesson 25 from the Workbook of A Course in Miracles. We're walking the talk. We're living the love. We're healing our hearts and minds, and it's happening right now. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. My name is Jennifer Hadley. I love A Course in Miracles. (laughs) And we're talking about Lesson 25, what has been one of the most helpful lessons from the workbook just took it with me every day in every way. And I invite you to consider doing the same thing. So let's go back to where we are in the lesson. He says here, as a result of not understanding what anything is for, you're bound to misuse it. When you believe this, you will try to withdraw the goals you've assigned to the world instead of attempting to reinforce them. So when you believe that false identification makes you incapable of understanding what anything is for, then you'll try to withdraw the goals you've assigned to the world instead of attempting to reinforce them. And that has been my experience. It truly has, that the more I was willing to say, I don't know what anything is for, but I'd like to. I don't know what anything is for, but it is for my good. And I'd like to understand that. I'd like to see that, know that, and feel that. 
Absolutely, without a doubt. To to know it, to feel anchored in it. That's when I was letting go of the meaning I made of everything. Now, if we combine this with the teaching that's on the FIP version of A Course in Miracles, page 448, the responsibility for sight, if we combine this with responsibility for sight, and we're we're taking responsibility for what we see at the same time, dun, 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 realizing, <laughs> realizing that we don't know any, what anything is for. It's like a hot potato. We're going to drop it. Remember that chapter 21, section 2, the responsibility for sight. Paragraph 2 says, This is the only thing that you need to do for vision, happiness, release from pain, and the complete escape from sin, all to be given you. Say only this, but mean it with no reservations, for here the power of salvation lies. Okay, so my whole thing with A Course in Miracles is I'm interested in the nuggets of truth that are a practical application of truth that I can take with me throughout my day. I don't have to write it down necessarily. I can remember it. So the combination here of Lesson 25, I do not know what anything is for, and responsibility for sight. I am responsible for what I see and I choose the feelings I would have and everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for and receive as I have asked. The combination of these, and, and remember my responsibility for sight shorthand is I'm responsible for what I see and everything is just as I wish it would be. Yet, I do not know what anything is for. The combination helps me treat my opinions and judgments like that hot potato that's burning me. I don't need it anymore. So going back to paragraph two. False identification, identifying with the body, identifying with the ego, makes us incapable of understanding what anything is for. False identification with the body, with the ego, makes it impossible for us to understand what anything is for. This is Lesson 25. This is not Lesson 225. This is Lesson 25. This is so completely foundational. And by the way, for anybody who's an, uh, an extremely amateur numerologist like me, 25, 2 plus 5 equals 7, 7 equals the number of truth. So to me, this truth is so, so helpful. False identification makes me incapable of understanding what anything is for. So, knowing this, or you could say believing this, I'm withdrawing my goals from the world. That just makes common sense. 
Let me withdraw my goals for the world. Let me stop thinking I know what things are for when my teacher has told me, without exception, I don't know what anything is for. Yet, everything works together for my good. And my willingness to take responsibility for how I interpret everything is where my peace, my happiness, vision, release from pain, and complete escape from sin is activated. So, now we get into uh, this recognition that the goals I've given the world for my life, for my relationships, everything... I can just withdraw those goals. And that's exactly what I did. So I, I I used to have goals about traveling the world. Oh, I want to see this country and that country. And I want to walk the Great Wall of China. And I want to go to Jerusalem. I want to go to the Grand Canyon. Like I had those goals, bucket list things, right? Uh, other goals, financial goals, these kinds of goals. I really gave all that up. And it was easy to give it up because I saw that it was meaningless. I had given it all the meaning that it had for me. It's like the person who says cigarette smoking is bad, eating ice cream is bad, drinking alcohol is bad, sex is bad, uh, same-sex partners bad, um, women bad, men bad, whatever it might be, it's all made up. Everything is neutral. So let me move into the neutral mind because that's where I can find happiness and peace. Then from that place of happiness and peace, I can be useful. I can be truly helpful because I'm interested in more than defending my opinions and judgments, my perceptions. And now there's some real freedom because freedom has already been there. Freedom has been our natural state all along. But is there, can we experience freedom when we're defending ourselves all the time? No, of course not. If we're defending our positions all the time? No, of course not. When we're looking for the evidence of who's wrong and who's right all the time, can we feel and experience peace and freedom and joy? No, we cannot. It's just not more complicated than that. And here's another aspect of our experiences that we don't believe we can experience happiness unless certain goals are met. Financial goals, physical goals, relationship goals. We think it's not possible to be happy unless our goals are met. But the thing is, is that our goals become false idols, blocks to love and light, and no happiness is possible. And we're not willing to see it. So, in paragraph 3 here of Lesson 25, Jesus says, Another way of describing the goals you now perceive is to say that they are all concerned with personal interests. Since you have no personal interests, your goals are really concerned with nothing. 
In cherishing your goals, therefore, you have no goals at all. And thus, you do not know what anything is for. Yes. Yes to the yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So, when we can see that we have no personal interest because we're one with everyone, there's no such thing as personal interest. Only to the ego identified. But in truth, no. Then we're in the process of liberating from ego constriction, belief in lack, attack, limitation, and separation. Let's go to paragraph 4 here in Lesson 25. Before you can make any sense out of the exercises for today, one more thought is necessary. At the most superficial levels, you do recognize purpose. Yet purpose cannot be understood at these levels, superficial levels. For example, you do understand that a telephone is for the purpose of talking to someone who is not physically in your immediate vicinity. What you do not understand is what you want to reach him for. And it is this that makes your contact with him meaningful or not. Right? So you know that the phone is a communication device, but you don't really understand why you want to communicate with this person. We think we'd like to communicate in order to invite him to a party, but the truth is we'd like to feel more connected, more close. Or maybe we'd like to invite him to the party uh, because we know his arch rival is going to be there and they're going to get into a fight. It's going to really piss him off, blah, 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 something like that. Now, paragraph five, it is crucial to your learning to be willing to give up the goals you've established for everything. The recognition that they are meaningless rather than good or bad is the only way to accomplish this. The idea for today is a step in this direction. I don't know what anything is for, therefore, how can I label it good or bad? Paragraph six, six practice periods, each of two minutes duration are required. Each practice period should begin with a slow repetition of the idea for today, followed by looking about you and letting your glance rest on whatever happens to catch your eye, near or far, important or unimportant, human or non-human. With your eyes resting on each subject, you so select, say, for example, I do not know what this chair is for. I do not know what this pencil is for. I do not know what this hand is for. Say this quite slowly without shifting your eyes from the subject until you've completed the statement about it. Then move on to the next subject and apply today's idea as before. So that's the entire lesson number 25. I do not know what anything is for. 
Today's idea explains why nothing you see means anything. You do not know what it is for. Therefore, it is meaningless to you. Everything is for your own best interests. That's what it is for. That is its purpose. That is what it means. It is in recognizing this that your goals become unified. It is in recognizing this that what you see is given meaning. I have found the combination of working Lesson 25 along with the responsibility for sight and also Lesson 135 and Paragraph 18 in Lesson 135. And that has been very helpful to me as well. Uh, I, I've quoted it many times here in this podcast. And Lesson 135 is super helpful. It is the longest lesson in the workbook. And it's Paragraph 18. So the um, lesson is entitled, If I Defend Myself, I Am Attacked. It's such a rich lesson. I don't really understand why Jesus put so many things in this one lesson, so many key, key points. Lesson 135 explains to us that if we're defending ourselves, what's really going on is we have a secret desire to attack. And then he also talks about, this is where he talks about, a healed mind does not plan. And, uh, that planning is, isn't often, uh, recognized as a defense, uh, defense against the truth. And then, uh, the critical part for me, the most helpful part in lesson 135 has been, well, for a time it was, uh, paragraph 18. What could you not accept? If you but knew that everything that happens, all events, past, present, and to come, are gently planned by one whose only purpose is your good. So, I do not know what anything is for, but everything is gently planned for my good. Everything works together for my good. I'm taking responsibility for how I perceive things and I am taking responsibility for how I react to things and that's I'm responsible for what I see and I choose the feelings I would have. I am responsible for how I see things, how I perceive them, the meaning I make of them. I take responsibility for my interpretation. And then depending on my interpretation, depending on the meaning I attribute to things, I will be happy, I'll be upset, I'll be annoyed, I'll be frightened, I'll feel guilty, whatever that is. Moving into neutrality is critical to actually living A Course in Miracles. We have to move into that neutrality of, I do not know what anything is for. Everything is neutral. I've given everything all the meaning that it has for me. So that is an active practice. And that's why my Finding Freedom from Fear program is a boot camp. I call it a boot camp. Because for me, 
approaching my spiritual practice like a daily boot camp has been so, so helpful. I don't have to do it anymore. It's not like that anymore. But it was for a time. And that really served me well. I made it the number one thing I'm doing. It's still the number one thing, but it's just a completely different experience now from what it was. Because I'm not trying to move out of suffering now because I'm not suffering now. That's the benefit of spiritual practice. And the thing is, is that people don't believe that it will work for them. And so they don't wish to invest in trying. I think this is one of the most common patterns that we have. I certainly had it for a long time. I remember talking with spiritual counselors over and over again. One of my reasons why I don't want to go for it, I don't want to try, is because I'm so convinced that it's not going to work for me, and I can't bear to be disappointed anymore. I can't bear to find out that the reason it doesn't work for me is because I'm fundamentally bad and wrong, and there's nothing I can do about it. So I had to be willing to let go of my attachment to those ways of seeing myself, bad and wrong, incapable, impossible, immovable. I had to give all that up. And the I do not know what anything is for helped me so much. I can't even begin to say how much it helped me. That's one of the reasons why I have the boot camp class. It's one of the reasons why I have the year-long Masterful Living. Because for those folks who are willing to work these principles and to apply them day in and day out, it's not that you're sitting for hours doing that. Not at all. It's while you're driving down the street, walking down the hall, folding the laundry, waiting in line at the dry cleaners, whatever it is that you're doing, you're taking these moments throughout the day to practice, practice, practice. And that when you get upset, you go right into your practice. You don't torture yourself anymore with floating around in the uh, river of upset, drinking the toxic waste. It's so much about loving ourselves, loving ourselves free of the limited thoughts and beliefs. It takes real attention and I was just talking with somebody uh, who was who's in one of our programs, and they were saying, uh, as many do, profuse gratitude for the the way the community is, how it's been created, and to me, uh, people are very thankful to me personally. And I think what's so important is I did not invent any of this. Not me. These are not my ideas. These are not my thoughts. I am following guidance. 
And I'm so happy to give credit where credit is due. I do not need any credit for thinking of these things because I see uh, how intentional, how clearly put together uh, the different components in our Power of Love community uh, are. And I could never have figured all that out at the, at the level of effectiveness that exists in our ministry. But I can listen, I can follow, I can hold the basket. And Spirit can put more and more things into the basket saying, oh, here's another thing for us to do. Here's another thing for us to do. And I can say, okay, I'll I'll work on implementing that. Okay, I'll work on implementing that. Okay, I'll share that. Oh, that's something I can say in the podcast. That's how I work. I hold the basket of inspiration and daily inspiration flows into the basket. Daily, daily, daily. Sometimes I feel a little overwhelmed by how much inspiration flows in. But when I feel a little overwhelmed by it, I just take a breath and I just ask spirit, where do I start? Where do I begin? What's the first thing? What's the next step? And I find that that comes through clearly and I can follow that. So being able to live in this inspired way, I don't need to know what everything is for. That is one of the uh, really jackpot learnings of my life is it's for my good and that's enough. That's enough for me. It didn't used to be because I wanted to complain about things. I wanted to form ideas and opinions about everything. I wanted to analyze everything, 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 everything. Oh my gosh, my mind worked so differently. Just analyzing everything, looking for the the problems, looking for the holes, looking for the things I didn't like. I was constantly focused on the negative. And I oh, I I am so glad that's not where I'm living anymore. And still I work with clearing the mind of patterns every day, but now I remember to laugh. I remember to laugh and to uh, to anyone who's really suffering with the way you're viewing your life, your experience, your world, if it's making you cry, it's making you sick to your stomach, if you're constipated and your whole, you know, all those lower chakras are all um, stuck and feeling awful and your heart aches and your throat hurts and your head hurts. You think of all these different energy centers that we have in our field, in our aura, we could say, I, I, the chakras to me are not in the body. The body is a projection. But um, 
that's where we seem to feel it. It seems like we feel it there. Then all of that is, it really is self-inflicted and it can be turned around so surprisingly fast. This is the message of A Course in Miracles, that holy instant, that willingness, that's the thing. That is the thing that makes such a difference. Are we willing? Are we willing? Yeah. If you weren't willing, you wouldn't be listening to me right in this moment. For sure, you would not be listening (laughs) if you weren't willing. So, I'm glad we can be willing together. Two together willing. So let's be so willing to let go of thinking we know what anything is for. So many things in my life I thought were to my detriment, for my suffering, for my torture, for my punishment. Remember, because the ego is always looking for the punishment. So it assigns, oh, this is punishment. But so many things that felt like punishment were actually incredibly helpful to me. Definitely part of the good unfolding in my life. I had to be willing to see it in order to see it. So that willingness always goes back there. It's actually a huge relief to stand in, I do not know what anything is for. It's a huge relief. So I recommend it. (laughs) I highly recommend it. Yes. My Finding Freedom from Fear Spiritual Boot Camp Totally Online starts October 10th. It's a great way to finish out the year and to feel like you turned that year around. You ended the year a rock star. People enjoy it. They have so much fun in Finding Freedom. So many people have told me it completely was their turning point in their happiness, uh, helping save their marriage and helping with their relationships with their parents and their children and on and on and on and on. That's why I've been doing it since 2008. And it's a great way to prep yourself for Masterful Living Masterful Living Registration opens in November and we start in January. But we will, I will be offering bonuses for those who register early and the bonuses will be in November and December. Oh, I just love, 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 love the truth and the opportunity to share the truth. Let's place our hand on our heart and be so grateful and so thankful for everything just as it is. We're grateful and thankful for the love of God that shines in our heart and in our mind. We're sharing the benefits with everyone. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you for joining with me today. I love and appreciate you. We are so blessed to have these teachings of A Course in Miracles so that we can walk the talk and live the love every day in every way. Mwah!